and welcome to Women Developing Brilliance. I'm your host, Casey Rossi. It's my great pleasure to present interesting stories of creative women sharing their message and lighting up the world with their presence and offerings. Get ready to be inspired. You can learn more about creating a business that you love by visiting kcrossi.com. Enjoy! My guest today is Erin Wiseman. Erin openly speaks on her experience of professional burnout early in her family medicine career so that no woman feels alone and to prove that you can have a joy-filled and sustainable career. As you know, I am passionate about business without burnout, so this topic is very near and dear to my heart. I know you're going to enjoy this. Erin's sass comes through and she is definitely a straight shooter. You are going to get so much out of this episode. Enjoy. Erin, welcome to the show. I'm really excited to dive in and have this conversation with you. Casey, I'm glad we finally made it happen. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about your passion to squash burnout. Absolutely. So it comes from my own personal journey. Isn't it like the things that we are most passionate for is because it's the fire that we have walked through? Well, that was my exact experience. So 2014, worst effing year of my life, supposed to be the top of the mountain. It was when I graduated from family medicine um, training as a family medicine doctor. I'd had two kids. I had the husband. We bought the house. We had the minivan. Like, I had the practice, the student loans, everything from the outside that people would be like, man, Wiseman is killing it. And I was so numb inside and just so crispy with burnout. And it was from that point that I looked around and I was like, what am I going to do? Like, I have built this house of glass and now I need to like expose that like something, this is not the perfect life for me. And so there was a lot of shame. There was a lot of, um, like I said, it was like extreme emotions from like none, zero negative emotions to like anger at the quickest little thing or sadness or... Um, not being able to feel joy. Like, mm-hmm. I couldn't remember the last time that I could say I was joyful. Yeah. And it was really getting to that point to be like, not this. Mm-hmm. I don't know what, but not this. And so that started my journey of realizing, like, I wasn't broken. There wasn't anything wrong with me. I was in the throes of burnout. Yeah, and at that definitely. point, I was looking around and I was like, what do I do? Like, do I just quit medicine, like slink away slowly in the night? Do I like try to move my family across country and find a new job, which was nearly impossible because my husband farms here in Indiana. Mm -hmm. And I was just, I felt so stuck. So I did what I tell all my patients not to do. And I got on the internet because, you know, that's what we do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I found thousands of other healthcare workers, physicians, moms that felt like I did. Mm-hmm. And as I was looking at their options, I was like, I don't want to work for pharma. I don't mm-hmm. I don't want to start a, a medical equipment business. I don't I don't want to work for an insurance company. But what do I do? And God, universe, spirit, whatever you want to call it, led me to a website where I found a coach who was a physician as well and a mom. And I started that journey. And what I realized from that is I was like, holy hell. Where are all the young professional women coaches at? 
Like we mm-hmm. needed this stuff so long ago. Absolutely. So I put my big girl panties on and that's what I did. I love that. So you said so many juicy things. I want to rewind first off to the part where you really outlined the lack of emotions or the feelings or the signposts of what burnout even looks like. Because I think a lot of people just think this is my normal. Mm-hmm. This is what I see my this friends also. Ex- exactly. This is what it is. So um, really going from the extreme of no emotions and numbness all the way to maybe having a very short fuse. I would love to just pause here and ask your professional opinion of what other signs and symbols should we be looking out for in the realm of burnout? Absolutely. And so it looks different in women and then in men, which is interesting if you think about it. The the formal di- diagnosis, I guess if you want to say, of burnout or workplace stress disorder is kind of the formal name that's becoming to known as emotional exhaustion, depersonalization, and uh, the feeling of lack of impact in your work specifically. And it's really, really interesting for women. We tend to go through all three of those. Um, we are quicker to admit that we are having symptoms. Men do go through all three of them, but um, they typically will only admit when they get to the lack of personal satisfaction. Oh, interesting. And that's why also we know that... Um, especially in in healthcare. So, you know, that's what I specialize in. But really, I specialize in all high-achieving alpha females because doctors aren't special. Like, we're just like everybody else. And Mm -hmm. so, so many times, I think culturally, in a patriarchal set culture, when you are in a high-achieving position, you're taught you can't have feelings. So, when you're in burnout and you're emotionally exhausted – and physically exhausted, and mentally exhausted, and spiritually exhausted, you feel like you can't even talk about it and self-disclose. Because if Mm -hmm. you do, then that means you're weak. Yes. And that's what I wanted to really underscore when you mentioned the word shame, because I think that so many people don't disclose, they hide, they Mm -hmm. suffer in silence because of the shame piece. So how do we illuminate this and allow it to be okay to name it and claim it and then take action to recover. I love the matrian saint, Brene Brown, when she, she brings all this in about shame. I mean, it's, it's exactly in that form, you know, like shame cannot hide in the light. And so first, what we must do is just look around and be like, I am not okay. And Really getting in touch with that because so much we're trained to like push through, push through. You can rest on the weekends. Keep going. Keep going. When the kids get bigger, come on now. Come on now. Next season, you'll be off call as much. Mm-hmm. And really what we need to do and stand up is bring it into the light and say like, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not okay. And part of that is forming boundaries. Part of that is knowing who you really are and what you really want and then standing in your power in that. Mm-hmm. But just putting your finger on it, like getting the pulse, understanding what your vital signs are. Because remember, mm-hmm. we call them vital signs because they're vital. They are so important. And so there's lots of tools that you can use. I personally love the Wheel of Life. I use it all the time just to get a quick set of vitals to be like, how how satisfied are you with your life right now? And like, mm-hmm. no judgment. We're not fixing anything. We are simply assessing and trying to understand like where we are at now. 
And yeah, I think once absolutely. then you can get into like the where am I now, then you can start digging into like getting into that shame piece, which is dissected with vulnerability. But I caveat that too, is like you don't open your heart and soul up to everybody on the internet. You only become vulnerable in a community or with people who have earned your trust. Such an important point. I think that's so important in now's days and age because I remember when I was in it, I just wanted anybody to help me. I was on the phone with my med school best friends, people I went to residency with, faculty members. Hell, I was in my boss's office trying to figure this out, you know? Yeah. And I remember my office manager at the time was like, well, maybe you just need to start yourself like on some Zoloft or antidepressant or something. And so that's my, my like learning is like, not everyone has earned my trust to understand yes. what I'm going through. And so really that's why important. I think it's so important to have community. Definitely. You, and a community that understands that there's no judgment, that it's actually a cultivated sacred space to uh, vulnerably share, as you mentioned as well. Um, it's interesting because I love how you said, like, from the outside in, it appeared like you had everything. You were checking all of the boxes. You were crushing it, you know, from anybody else's, you know, viewpoint. Um, at what point did you start to say, like, I have to carve my own path. I'm going to crush this old paradigm of rest on the weekend. Um, you know, how bad did it get? They say we have to hit rock bottom. Like, how bad did it get for you before you were like, I'm done? I hit rock bottom and then found the basement. So, so many times in our lives, we get those like compulsions, those like feelings, those inner knowings that are like tickles of feathers on our heart. And if you ignore them, then you get the two by four smacked upside your head <laughs> and have multiple two by four moments. But when I found the basement is when I was, it was a Sunday night. I was having Sunday dreads or Sunday scaries, people call them. Two little boys in the next room listening to Paw Patrol. And I was silently sobbing and thinking, I can't do this anymore. And my husband came in and he's like, what do you mean you can't do? And I was like, all of it. I cannot do this anymore. And and he was like, well, what's going on? Like, you know, really trying to get into it. And, and it was at that moment that I realized I was not made for this. Mm-hmm. Even though my whole life I had worked up, I was going to be a doctor and I was going to go back to the country and I was going to take care of those blue collared workers who are marvelous in our community. It didn't work out. Mm-hmm. And so giving myself that permission in that moment to say, not this, but then comes the next scary wave that's like, then what? Mm-hmm. And luckily that was when I met my coach, I started working with her and just being empowered to be like, you may not have all the answers now. Like, I'm very much a checkboxer rule follower. I mean, you don't get to where <laughs> I am unless you do. And so coming out from being on the railroad tracks of medicine to realizing mm, it's kind of more like the wild, wild west, but you're not doing anything wrong if you don't have every step already pre-planned five years in advance was really empowering for me. I knew I had a passion to take care of people. And I think it was when my coach asked me, like, what were you put on this earth to do? You know, of course, mm-hmm. my immediate Brilliant. answer was like, be a doctor, be a mom, be a wife. She was like, no, 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 no. Like, no titles. What were you, Aaron Wiseman, put on this earth to do? And it just kind of bubbled up for me. And I was like, I help heal. I mean, I help mm-hmm. heal. Like, I heal people. 
And once I was able to strip off the like title of doctor, physician, mom, wife, and, and give myself place to grow, I realized I could be a healer in thousands of ways. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that. I love the fact that you were willing to break out of the box and to dissolve the shoulds. And I would love you to talk a little bit more, like how do we remove that layer of shoulds in our life? Like so often, so many high achieving women put that on themselves. So how can we dissolve that? Ask the question, is this mine to hold? Like that should is this really mine to hold? Because so much of my should statements were early life programming. Aaron, you're smart. You should be a doctor. Aaron, you're ambitious. You should be a leader. Aaron, you're so compassionate. You, you should be a great mother. And what I had to realize is that were those really mine to hold? Were those really mm. my expectations and really what I wanted? And as I started to peel those back and really, really get in touch with that, I realized, no, I didn't want that. I didn't want it how it looked. And then also the big one is the shoulds in the work environment. I don't know about you, but I had a lot of shoulds on what I should show up as, as a physician, Mm -hmm. shoulds for my patient, shoulds for my colleagues, shoulds for my administration, shoulds for my insurance companies that pay me. Mm-hmm. And what I had to realize is like, my value is not based on my productivity. Because that's I was huge. being told, I should, I should work more, I should take more call, I should see more patients. And it was like, no, when I could get in touch with my inherent value, whether or not I picked up my stethoscope again another day, that was revolutionary for me. That absolutely. And how do women understand their true value in a way so they can show up authentically and stand in their power and use their voice? I think we have to get away from instrumental value. Like that's what drives our economy. Like I give you $20 and you hand me back an amazing coffee and a scone. Like we have to stop thinking of things as very transactional and Mm -hmm. realizing that things are just valuable as is. Like look at a beautiful piece of art. Like, can you, we really ever put a price on that? Or before COVID, I traveled to Arizona and I just had my like mind blown about this landscape that I had no idea was just so amazing. Can mm. I really put a monetary value on that experience? Hiking in the, the Santa Catalina Mountains? Like, no. And so yeah. I think that's what we have to look back from our lives because so many times we've been taught our value is our paycheck, our value is the behavior of our children, our value is how we support everyone around us, when in fact, we have to get away from that transitional and say, like, I am valuable as is. Did you ever just wish there was a group of high vibe women entrepreneurs that you could hang out with? A place where you could share your wins get a biz question asked, and be around people that just get you. Well, there is my friend. It's my Women Developing Brilliance Facebook group. I created a place on the web where like minds and open hearts could continue the conversations that we start here on the podcast. Fulfill your desire to develop friendships with women from around the globe. Women who are on the solopreneur journey just like you. Now more than ever, we are craving authentic connections. Believe me, your voice matters, your work matters, 
and having the support of a close-knit community can make all the difference in the world. So head over to Facebook and go to facebook.com slash groups slash Women Developing Brilliance and request to join my private Women Developing Brilliance Facebook group, the gathering place for heart-centered female entrepreneurs looking to create an impact, increase their income, and connect deeply with themselves and others in the process. I can't wait to welcome you in my Women Developing Brilliance Facebook group, where you'll be encouraged to introduce yourself, ask a question, and meet other ambitious lightworkers just like you. Again, it's facebook.com slash groups slash women developing brilliance. I'll catch you there. Yes. Amen to that. Oh my gosh. We need to really remind ourselves. I think often, if not daily, because there's been so much negative programming from the outside, we almost have to spackle those grooves and have that be a daily mm-hmm. mantra for ourselves. So I love that. What's your best advice for women wanting to unleash their inner badass? I love this so much. Thank you for the question because <laughs> that's the work I love to do. That badass <clears throat> she is in there and she may be under a ton of layers. She may have been shoved in a closet. She may have been quieted for decades, but she is there and she is pissed and she is ready to come forward. And so getting back in touch with that is being like, where is she? Like, who is that badass that is underneath the surface? And though I may be a little scared to let her come out in public, what does she look like in private? And really Mm -hmm. getting back in touch with that. Because as women, so many times we've been told that our desires, we should not have them. They are sinful. They are inappropriate. Like, no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. And that's where I say start exactly. What are you desiring? And maybe you don't even know because you've suppressed that for so long. But I bet you know what you're jealous of or envious of. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what your body is telling you. Like, hey, I want that. I want to participate in that. I want to wear cheetah shoes. I want to have, <laughs> you know, whatever. And, yeah. and really getting it not for just the having, but what does it mean to you? So really sure. getting back in touch with that badass is really getting back in touch with yourself. That is amazing. And for those that are like, that sounds awesome, Erin, what, what would be a good first step for them? Because I think that, again, the shame piece, the guilt piece, the good girl complex, the people pleasing, that all rises to the surface. So for somebody that's wanting to make you know this endeavor and like give themselves permission, what's a good first step for them? I think first and foremost, what you have to do is remind yourself there's no more grades. There is no more report cards. There is no more failing. Because so many times, well, shit, like I went to school until my 30s. And so (laughs) it's a hard (laughs) complex to to give up. And so when we really want to step into it and give ourselves permission, it's just reminding yourself, like, it's just about being. It's not about being graded anymore. It's not about um, even doing it excellently, you know, like. Just do it. Just try. Just show up. Because here's what happens. When you start to put your actions into the world, you start telling your old brain here like, oh, we're doing this different now. We're showing up differently. My biggest thing, and um, it was because of the good girl complex, like good doctors don't cuss. 
Good doctors mm-hmm. don't dress crazy. Good doctors don't tell patients exactly what they're thinking. And that's what I started to trial. And I'm like, I wonder if I like just honestly like told people with all the love in my heart, but like, no, and set boundaries. It was amazing how my days change. It was still the same number of patients. It was still the same office. It was still the same working staff. But when mm-hmm. I showed up in my integrity, and instead of like compromising or like beating around the bush, and I just was like, no, like this is my opinion, take it or leave it. It yeah. was amazing how my days felt. And I bet it was amazing for the clients and patients as well, because it's refreshing. It's refreshing when someone can shoot it to you straight and it is exciting and invigorating to see someone like living in their most authentic self. And I do think that that brings a spark of inspiration of like, if she can do it, I can do it. Absolutely. Yeah. If I can change my life, walk away from that office, go practice medicine in a different way, still be a doctor and become a life coach as well, anyone can do it. Yeah, that's awesome. So I'm curious, um, what do you see unfolding in 2021 for women in general? COVID's not going anywhere. We know Mm -hmm. even if we get vaccines pushed out, um, there's still going to be a certain population who are not going to take them. And so we're concerned about herd immunity. So as much as we want to come out of quarantine, as much as we want life to go back to normal, it's not. Mm -hmm. And so If you were starting to get a little crispy around the edges with burnout, if 2020 really sucked the life out of you, 2021, unfortunately, unfortunately, is not going to be any different. So it's Mm -hmm. up to you to make it different. And I say that in a caveat in a lot of different ways, because just like today, my kids were back to school. We were doing fine. Then the weather dumped a whole bunch of snow on us. We're out of school. We're on an e-learning day today. We're back homeschooling again something I never wanted to do again. And we're back. And so having those things in place to be like, oh, no, no, we're not going back to how it was. We have changed is so important. So if you are feeling crispy, if you're feeling unfulfilled in your job, if you know deep down in your heart that there is something more for you, I encourage you, friend, now is the time. There's no more waiting because it's only going to be more challenging. I guarantee it. A hundred percent. And it's interesting because I think that we're even dealing with something a little bit like when it first came out in 2020, there was like the shock value. There was like trying to get our sea legs and, and that, you know, trying to pull it all together and, um, cope, but something happened when we were approaching the new year. And I think many people felt that they were magically when that calendar turned to one, one everything was going to be different and it's not. And I think we're dealing with people having depression, maybe some resentment and anger, maybe some fear of like, is it ever going to get better? So it's interesting. I think, you know, we wanted to flush 2020 down the toilet, not only for COVID, but for everything else that came up. And, you know, as soon as the new year came in, there were all these specials and ABC specials, like the death of 2020 and all these things. And it was like this hurrah moment, you know, And then it was like, wait, nothing really changed. (laughs) And we still have these rules and restrictions. And so I really love the fact that you're like, embrace it now. Now is the time. You can change it, but you have to be the one to self-initiate that. So what's one or two tips that our listeners can do 
to be empowered to make the change and start with their own self and their own family and their own backyard. Yeah, I think it's remembering no matter where you go, you take yourself. And so start on you. Start working on you. Um, I think everybody needs a coach. I just, I wholeheartedly believe that like when you get into high school, you get a coach and you just keep upgrading as you move through life, whether it's health and wellness, whether it's business, whether it's professional, whether it's a life coach, whatever relationship goes. Like there's so many and they're amazing people to help us walk through. I think you first must start on yourself. If you want to fix your relationship with food, fix your relationship with your husband, fix your relationship with your job, guess what? There's no fixing them. You start with you. Mm-hmm. And see what where that can happen. So tips to do that is, I mean, get on anybody's freebie and get an assessment like where you are and what's going happening. Rooting back into that awareness and assessment piece of where I am now and really noticing where your thoughts go. Because so many times we're like, oh, I thought by now I would be X, Y, Z, or I was supposed to, da, 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 or I should be doing. And notice those thoughts that come up and be like, whoa, 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 life is different. We didn't know how it was going to turn out 10 years ago. So mm-hmm. what are we going to do now? So I would say really like rooting in and starting with yourself first. And then secondly, um, looking at your work environment. Is it a toxic work environment? So many times we get so inundated to the pathological normal. We're like the frog in the warm pot that just keeps getting hotter and hotter. And it doesn't jump out because it doesn't sense like, oh my God, we're almost boiling now. Yes. And so I would say, look around in your external um, your external environment. Are there things that are happening in the workplace? Bullying, belittling, um, conversations that are inappropriate, unclear policies, little or no recognition, inappropriate ways that people express anger or disappointment, weak communication, gossip, and distrust. If those are happening in your workplace, you, my friend, are in a toxic work environment. You are not crazy. Hmm. Yes. And we have to be so mindful of our inputs, whether it is in the work environment with those that you just mentioned or, or what we're taking in on social media and what we're calling entertainment. Mm-hmm. If you're starting to feel low vibe, definitely check your inputs. So I, I love that you brought that up. How do you personally move towards the work-life balance. I know that we have some people that feel the work-life balance is a farce, but I know that you are a mama of three. You're an athlete. You're an entrepreneur. How do you do it? Delegation, my friend. I don't have to do it all. I just have to do me. And so I know some people get real snarky about work-life balance. I really see it as a pendulum and just making sure that your pendulum doesn't get stuck, that if you swing wide, that you come back to middle. And then if you swing wide again, you come back to middle. Um, It's not static. It's very dynamic. It's a moving flow, Mm -hmm. but it's always coming back to that middle point. And so for me, yeah, my kids are nine, seven, almost five. My husband farms full time. I practice medicine and I run two businesses online. You want to talk about busy? I can do busy, but I don't always Mm -hmm. feel like my life is crazy busy because Mm -hmm. I utilize delegation. I have a babysitter. I can call her. Um, you know, I have housekeepers that come and help me and people will say to me, well, Aaron, you know, you've got disposable income. Well, let me tell you when I didn't have disposable income, I would have a housekeeper come once a month just Mm -hmm. to take a little bit off of my shoulders. And what, what happens is as you offload, it's amazing. 
money starts to fall into your lap because you have time, you have creativity, you have energy to put into places that then the, the money follows. And so people always say to me like, oh, I will win. Like when the kids are older, you know, I'll have them help me clean. Or when my business re- reaches six figures, you know, then I'll get somebody to help clean the house. And I'm like, no, Do you are now. the golden goose. We yes. have to take care of the goose first. And then it's a ripple effect that happens from there. So like Brilliant. one of my clients recently, I was like, what do you need to delegate? And she's like, I hate cleaning toilets. I'm like, don't clean toilets. Like, you're a freaking physician. Like, why are you cleaning toilets? That is totally out of your wheelhouse. Go find a neighbor kid or a mom who's displaced from her job. Hire her for two hours and say, get as much done. But first, start with the toilets. Brilliant. I love that. And I really like how you frame the pendulum swing and that it is not static. I think that that's where I think a lot of people can dismiss uh, work-life balance as something that's trendy and elusive. But when you look at it as this fluid thing and then just being mindful and come back to center and what are the tools and techniques that bring me back to center? I really, really like how you did that. And delegation is huge for our high-achieving individuals listening to this podcast that feel that no one can do it better than they can. And they are clenching on to being that almighty doer. What advice do you have other than let go or be dragged, which is what I just posted on my Facebook story today. So um, please share your wisdom on that. I would say the Dr. Phil quote, how's that working out for you? (laughs) And, And like have some reflection on that. Like how's seriously, How's that working out for you? Because what I found is I started to delegate and I started to open up my heart and open up my home to getting help. Then that helps me to do that in my business. And it helps me to do that for myself. Like it had been years since I had had a real haircut. Like, I'm not going to lie. I was using the craft scissors to trim my ratty ends. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing what happens. Like, and, and I am a huge component that yoga doesn't cure burnout. Manicures don't cure burnout. They do not. Absolutely yeah. do not. But again, if you are not taken care of, then it's all going to fall to shit. Like mm-hmm. you first, you need the things in place that are most important to you, that are most burdensome to you. Because at the end of the day, who's going to put on your tombstone the best cleaner of the toilets? Or Mm -hmm. the mom who made the best peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Like, no. So why are you killing yourself doing those things, trying to do all the things, when in your heart, you know you were made for more? Yeah. This is going to really resonate with our listeners. I I really appreciate you being so direct. We have to hear it direct sometimes because if it's sugar-coated, it's just blah, blah, blah. So when someone can just shoot it to you straight, speak from a point of wisdom and experience, it lands. It really lands in your heart. So thank you for that. Thank you for being vulnerable and from sharing and all of that good stuff. Um, One, how can people learn more about you and your work? Yeah, absolutely. Um, If you're listening to this podcast, you're obviously a listener. So come on over to my podcast. I have two. The first one's Doctor Me First. Yeah, it's for female physicians. But again, we're not special unicorns. So come over, get some Aaron Wiseman sass over there. And my second one is launching out at the end of this quarter. It's Burnt Out to Badass. It's stories that I am sharing from 
other women who have been through the throes, the dark night of the soul. We walk the journey together and see where they're at now because shame is exposed when put in light. And so we need more stories like this to show that you are not alone. If you're going through this, you're not abnormal. There's nothing wrong with you. And there is light on the other side. I love it. It's a message that really needs to be heard. We need to be inspired by one another. And I know that these stories are going to really help to heal. So super excited for that. I will drop the links in the show notes for sure. And if you were going to leave our listeners with some bright light wisdom as we wrap up, what would you like to share today? I would say from the place that was the basement at the bottom of the pit to now a true and real mountaintop. If I can do it, so can you. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here, Erin. It was a total pleasure. Thanks for having me. I hope you enjoyed today's episode on women developing brilliance. If so, head on over to Apple iTunes and subscribe to this podcast. And I'd be grateful if you could leave a review or rating so more people can benefit from these inspirational stories about the solopreneur journey. Thank you.